Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. For example, you could get a sample episode of Competitive Strategy with Kevin Coyne. Kevin Coyne is an ex-McKinsey partner, former worldwide head of strategy, and he had served something like over 25 CEOs on a personal level, on a one-to-one basis over his career. Kevin also has a program called How to Become a McKinsey Partner. It's the first time ever a McKinsey partner has gone on record talking about what is actually required to become a partner and you'll find it's very different from what you think is required how to develop deep insights which i have put together one of our most popular programs the electric car startup you will get sample episodes of all of those programs and more if you sign up to this list so that said i hope you enjoyed today's episode hi everyone and welcome to another firms consulting case interviews and management consulting podcast In today's episode, I'm going to answer a question sent in by a very long time client and firms consulting insider who happens to have a very beautiful name as well. But before I answer this episode, I must must point out something to the fiancé slash partner of the client who wrote in. Because this lady wrote in on behalf of her fiancé slash partner to get some career advice from him. I think that's quite impressive. You know, most people, when they write in for stuff, it's all about them. And I think that... It's very nice to see someone trying to help someone else. I mean, even though they're fiancés and so on, but it's it's rare. So I think that I hope that this young man understands and appreciates that he has someone that is trying so hard to help him be successful. And it's nice to have someone like it. So I'm going to read the email, then I'll answer it, right? I want to express my gratitude to you and your team for the wonderful training content you provide. I'm realizing the benefits as I interview with small consulting firms in my city. Even after being absent for 15 days meditating because of the core brainstorming and critical thinking skills taught in the TCO series, I witnessed I had internalized skills well enough to perform confidently without further preparation during last-minute interviews upon my return. I am progressing successfully in networking with MBB firms in my city. I'll have my application submitted internally by senior contacts as you know I've recommended at least EM's principal's partners. My partner is a senior EM in McKinsey in the city. He's facing a difficult decision after his last committee review. He has to decide either to establish a second client within three to six months in the economic environment of the country or switch tracks to be an implementation expert or an organizational practice expert. Should you have the time and interest, I would like to request a call with him to receive your guidance and mentorship on his difficult career decision. I look forward to hearing from you and thank you for the immensely valuable benefit you continue to provide to aspiring consultants like myself. A sign of my gratitude, I'm going to name my first child after you either michael or if it's a girl michaela the last bit there about naming the baby after me i put it in but my point is here that she's a very nice lady and obviously she's trying to help her fiance now a couple of interesting things here she's obviously in an asian uh, mckinsey office a fun fact i was actually heavily involved in the restructuring of some of the consulting offices in this country a very long time ago i was there when some of the officers were going through a, such a bad time that the firm was considering shutting them down. And I was brought, initially I was just brought in to help with an engagement, but I got along so well with the managing partner for that um, region 
that I was brought back to work alongside this person to restructure the office. And it became a very big success. So successful that it became the blueprint for the way we started doing turnarounds in other emerging market offices in Latin America and parts of Asia and even parts of Africa as well. So I know this region very well. But even if I didn't know the region, it doesn't matter because it's changed so much since I was there. The last time I was there, probably the iPhone wasn't even out then. Actually, that's true. The last time I was there, the iPhone wasn't even out. So a lot has changed, right? The country is going through some turbulence, although who isn't in these days? And I can see the pressure on sales. Now, for a couple of things here, a lot of you listening to this, you're going to have an outsider's view of McKinsey, BCG, and Bain. And a lot of people think McKinsey doesn't care about sales. They don't talk about sales. They don't have a sales strategy. That is absolute hogwash. You know, whenever someone tells me that, well, McKinsey partners don't worry about sales, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Let's just put this into perspective. You have a partner where the only reason he's a partner is because he brings in between 4 to $14, 20000000 million worth of sales, depending on where in the world he is. If he didn't bring in those sales, he'd be stripped of his partnership and asked to leave. Because you don't become a partner based on your insights or your sparkling personality or because you bought because you brought uh, new uh, Bretmans to the office. It's because you're able to convince clients to give you a lot of money. And the day you are unable to convince clients to give you a lot of money, you are no longer a partner. So... Just because the firms don't talk about sales doesn't mean at a, at a senior level it's not a big deal. In fact, I'm going to go as far as to say that McKinsey's greatest competitive advantage is the fact that it is so good at sales, but it never talks about it and hides the fact that is its main competitive advantage. And I can imagine for this guy, it's a very lonely place to be because nowhere in the world, nowhere, and I mean literally nowhere in the world, that you can go and talk about how to develop a sales strategy as a McKinsey senior EM, partner and principal, because the rest of the world doesn't even think about sales when they think about McKinsey. So you're at McKinsey, internally you're under a lot of pressure to deliver, and yeah, you're getting some advice and guidance, but it's never going to be that good because people are under pressure, they don't have time to sit down with you over one week to develop a customized training program for you. But anywhere else you go in the world, you're completely isolated because you, firstly, you can't talk about sales. The firm doesn't want you to talk about sales. It's a negative image. So you're sitting there and you're only thinking about how do you sell as a senior person, obviously, but you can't talk about it. And nobody's going to understand you talking about sales because they think that, well, McKinsey doesn't sell and you can't get any advice. So I completely understand the difficulty for this guy. I mean, I feel for him. I know what it was like when I was there. Nobody wants to really talk about it. It's the elephant in the room, a big pink elephant that you could blow up and take down Macy's during Thanksgiving Day. Okay, so the fact that as a senior EM, there's pressure for sales is a bit unusual, but not that unusual. It's about to become a junior associate principal. So here's the thing. The country is going through economic turmoil, which means that there's less sales in the office, which means that partners need to bring in a certain amount of money. That's the way it works. Whenever I tell people that, they always say, no, it's about insights. Yeah, it's about insights that convert to revenue coming in. If you have a lot of insights that don't convert to revenue, do you know what you become? You become a principal. You don't shame the equity of the firm. So there is pressure on him to bring in a new client. I think it's going to be, the, the way the question is worded would indicate to me that this, this EM, senior EM, did not develop his own client, which is very unusual for, us, for an EM to develop his own client. I did it, but... That doesn't mean I was good or bad. I was lucky. I was in the right place. I was in sectors I liked and so on. And I got along with a few people. But the way this email is worded, it sounds to me like this EM has inherited a client. So he moved up the ranks, working with some partners and some clients. And while he was working on an engagement, he developed an existing, he developed a relationship with another part of the firm or inherited an existing relationship and he's managing that. 
So my gut feel he's good at inheriting a relationship versus bringing in a new client. Now, that's a big deal because if you struggle to go out there and meet people, it's going to be hard to bring in a new client in three to six months. But at his level, or even at a principal level, even there are even partners, equity level partners who can't just bring in clients. What they do is they work with a very senior partner who has a lot of existing relationships. So yes, rather than a new client, I would word it as what about existing your current, increasing the size of the revenue you bring in from your existing client? And then two, what about within the same firm, a company, bring in another client from another part of that company. So using your existing work and relationships to move into another place. So that's going to be your best bet because three to six months is not a long time. So if you're trying to meet a new client and talk to them in, in that environment, I think it's going to be pretty difficult. The most likely thing you can do is increase your revenue, increasing your revenue from your existing client or finding a relationship close to your existing client. Like for example, if you're servicing the procurement department, maybe get to know the purchasing department or the strategic sourcing department. I know in some parts of the world they are the same things, but in some firms they're different departments, right? They do slightly different things. I think that's going to be the best bet for you. If you don't develop the skill, you're ultimately going to be asked to leave anyway. So maybe the thing you got to ask yourself is, should you start the process of transitioning out if that's what you want? And I'll get to the options about joining as an implementation expert or organizational practice expert in a second. Because if you like, give it your all over three to four months or six months, and then you're asked to leave, it's a bit traumatic because you've never prepared for that transition. You know, you've got to interview, make the right connections, and so on. So it's hard. My advice is focus on your existing client to grow the revenue and focus on new work within the existing client. That's pretty much how I did most things. It was very rare when I would go get a new client from scratch. I've done it a few times, but I don't like it, to be honest, because I don't like, even though I was introduced to clients because of the way I sold. So if you're an insider, uh, you should listen to how to sell while facing discrimination. That is where I outlined the very unusual techniques I used to sell. And I was very successful at selling. I became a partner in my late 20s, which means that I was able to bring in a very large amount of revenue to the firm using a technique that I developed. So that will outline the advanced strategies I used. And if you are not an insider, you can go to firmsconsulting.com. That's F-I-R-M-S-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. And you can either register for free or give any, provide your email. And for, it's only for a limited time, we will send you a couple of emails giving you a preview access to our most advanced content we make available to insiders. It's not, it gives you a sense of what's available to insiders. So that's what I would do. But it sounds to me like sales is something that is not natural to, to him. And if it's not natural to him or you can't figure out a way to make it work, then you've got to think about whether you want to be a partner in the long term because that's what it means. It's a senior partner or partner. You're going to be selling and managing accounts. And given the fact of the way that economy is structured, you've got one office in a very big country. It's going to be hard for you to move around. It's not as if, you know, in Germany, if you don't even get along in Frankfurt, you can reach out to the, or to the manufacturing partner who you work with. He probably has clients in another city. You can move there and manage it for him. In this country, you're just stuck in that one office. And given the skewedness of the economy, you don't have a lot of options to sell. I mean, it's state-owned enterprises, family-owned banks, manufacturing, industry, that's about it. So do you go all in to sell or do you start the transition now? When it comes to switching tracks to implementation expert or organizational practice expert, basically what the firm is offering you is a chance to stay at the firm on a non-partner, non-equity track. So they're saying, look, you can stay, but if you can't get in sales, then we're going to take you off the equity partner track. That means you're never going to become a partner in the overall 
practice in the overall firm, but you can stay now. Implementation expert is an expert. You're not on the partnership track. Even if you became an implementation partner, you are a partner within McKinsey Implementation, which is a separate legal entity within McKinsey. It's not part of McKinsey's overall partnership ranks. But here they're offering you a chance to be an expert. An expert track is basically someone who moves around from client to client, introducing best practices with regards to, in this case, implementation, organizational practices. By default, if you move around from client to client, you're being brought in by an engagement team, which means you don't have the client relationship yourself. So you're never going to be developing that client relationship skill to the level of getting them to the point where they give you money. You'll obviously still be developing a skill to work with clients, but just not that skill of having that close advisory relationship. An expert track, whether it's organizational practice or implementation, is... I mean, you're never going to be partner. So I mean, some people would, would take it. A lot of people would take it and tell the whole world they were an expert because it sounds glamorous, right? I mean, the average person hears you an expert at McKinsey. They think you were like the most senior person. So you've got to think to yourself here, right? In the country where you are based and where you plan to go in the future, do people know the difference between expert and non-expert? General partner check. I'm going to say they don't know the difference. So if it's purely from a brand value perspective... The average market's not going to know. Even people who work at McKinsey may not even know. Because McKinsey is not the bulk, right? They don't send information to everyone in real time. So from a brand value perspective, it's not a clear-cut answer. From earnings perspective, you're going to earn far less as an expert. No doubt about that. From a career trajectory perspective, there is no path from expert. You're an expert and you're an expert forever. It's like those, you know, when I used to do work in energy, you'd meet these old guys they are like 70 years old and their title is senior oil analyst or oil analyst. And they've had that title of 40 years. So they, the title stays the same, but their banding or the grading of the salary goes from something like engineering one to engineering two to engineering three to engineering four to engineering 12. So title the same. The firm keeps on bumping their salary a little bit to placate them, but it's not going to be anything significant. So you're going to be an expert forever. Your skill set is really around a capability, whether it is, if it's implementation, teaching them how to roll out scrum teams and Six Sigma. You're going to become a Six Sigma expert, helping clients all over the United States or wherever it is do that. You're going to be doing one thing and you're going to become the best at it. And that can be very boring, let me tell you that. So that is the balance. So to me, I think for a lot of people, Leaving McKinsey with all the brand cachet is very hard, so they will take the implementation expert path. But I would not do it for myself personally because remember that McKinsey wants you to leave eventually. So if you can't make the sale, it's okay to leave. You're obviously at quite a good level. Take the skills, go to industry, and succeed at industry. If you spend 15 years at McKinsey as an implementation expert, maybe the firm will bring you back in as an equity partner. Maybe, but very unlikely. But if you go into industry in 15 years, you are not going to even worry about the fact that you left McKinsey because 15 years in industry, and I gather you're obviously good at what you do, means you're going to be very successful. So if this decision was given to me, if I was in a position whereby the firm was telling me I needed to sell more and I didn't know it, I would question why I'm not aware of that. What else don't I know? Because if someone's telling me I have to sell more, that's weird. I should know I have to sell more. I should know I'm at this level where I have to sell. So I'd question, that's the thing that I'd worry about. Why Why did I not know that? And even if it's not a big deal, and maybe there was some misunderstanding or something, or the firm is just putting pressure due to the economic situation, I would only stay if you feel you can garage a client book or something related to that. And I would only stay if that wasn't possible, 
and I could go out and meet new clients. But if it doesn't come naturally to you, it's not going to get natural over time. It gets harder. Even the most senior you become, I mean, you're managing an existing client book. It doesn't change when you meet a new client. It's always difficult. So obviously, I wish you the best of luck. But my advice to you is don't worry too much about this. The level you're leaving, you have a lot of options. And there's an option you have not mentioned, which is joining BCG or Bain. Obviously, the cultures are very different, good and bad, depending on how you look at it. And maybe you don't want to do that, but it's a possibility for you. But don't take the expert track. I would not Personally, I would not do it. Because I want to be in the generalist partnership. Beyond, obviously, the salary, it's about what it means to be a generalist partner. You have certain assigning authority. You're part of certain engagements. You develop certain skills that you're never going to get anywhere else. And you are involved in shaping clients that an expert is never going to be involved in. So I wish you good luck with this decision. And hopefully your wonderful fiancé is going to write to me at some point in the future and tell me what decision you made. And of course, if you have any questions, then I'll be happy to respond in a separate podcast. Take care, and we will be back in another episode soon. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.